The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people might see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you when you fast. Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to others to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. <coughs> Jesus insists on reality but the heart of man loves appearances. And so as the Lord is speaking to his disciples, he's essentially telling them, be careful of the masks you try to wear. Because ever since Adam and Eve fell in the garden, the heart of man longs to wear and to show the mask of false innocence and false goodness. Beginning with Adam turning to the Lord and saying, yes, I took the fruit and ate of the tree, but it's not really my fault. I'm actually innocent. And continuing down through our present age where we find it is easier to give the impression of goodness than to actually be legitimately good ourselves. And so the Lord speaks now to certain tendencies that one finds among religious believers, 
among those who present themselves as being very serious about goodness and the practice of their faith. And he does that not to say that people who do that are all bad. He does that to indicate some traps that we might all easily fall into. And so the Lord begins with almsgiving, which is a beautiful thing. It is generosity. It is care for those who have so much less than we do. And it is a fundamental demand that God makes on the faithful. So almsgiving in and of itself is an intrinsically good, intrinsically beautiful thing. But the importance is not merely whether one gives alms or avoids giving alms. The important thing is why one is doing it in the first place. In other words, there's a way of giving alms, there's a way of being charitable, which stems from my deep concern for the person who needs help. Or there can be a self-serving form of charitable giving, which is really seeking to get something out of the generosity. And this is where the Lord wants to caution us. So note what he says. When you are being generous, be careful that you're not going out of the way to draw attention to yourself while you're doing it. And why? Because there's a certain tendency within the human heart that likes to shine forth, that wants to be admired, that wants to be celebrated and complimented, that wants to be acknowledged. Oh, if only they would see me and appreciate all that I do. And the Lord is saying the minute that spirit creeps in, in short order, it can begin to hijack everything. It can begin to take over. To the eye, I am being generous. But the hidden reality in my heart is I am looking to benefit in some way, if not financially, in terms of attention. And one doesn't have to look very far in our contemporary culture for examples of this. How many times will we see an organization or a company or a public figure make it a point to say, I am going to help somebody. And so the first thing we do is we call a press conference. And we announce it. And why do we do that? So that the corporation, or so that I, or my brand, receive the good press and the public acknowledgement. It's not that the charity itself is bad, but note the mixture of the motivation and the question becomes, am I really concerned about the needy here? Or is this really a means for me advancing myself in some way? Notice me. Celebrate me. This will be good publicity for me. And so Jesus continues and says that hypocritical giving is no giving at all because it is a hidden taking a hidden gaining, a hidden receiving. And so he goes onward with prayer and with fasting as well, the three great penitential and charitable works, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, all necessary, all wonderful, all subject to the same temptation if we are not careful. And so the Lord says, 
And when you fast, you got to be careful of the same thing. Because there are those individuals who, because they're fasting and they're doing penance, are going to find some way of calling attention to themselves. They're going to find some way of somebody coming up and saying, are you okay? Are you doing all right? So that then I can say, oh, no, no, I'm fine. It's just that I've been fasting and I'm so tired. And note what happens. All of a sudden, I am no longer doing this for penance. I'm really making it a vehicle for others to admire me, to celebrate me. And when I am doing that, I am making myself the center of everything. And that should be God's place. And the Lord continues, and prayer can be like that. Prayer, which should be me coming before the Lord of the universe. And yet there are those ways of praying where, again, the issue is not, am I paying attention to the Lord? The issue is, how do I get people to pay attention to me? And so I am dramatic in my expressiveness. Or I need to find a prominent position in the church to say my prayer. I have a need to do things in a way that call attention to me and invite someone to say, oh, how pious, how holy, how good. And notice again, I am no longer giving anything to God. What I'm really about is obtaining and winning the affection of the world. And so Jesus says, and when you do that, understand, you have already received your reward in the shallow, empty praise that the world gives you. And that's all you get from it. That moment of false fulfillment, that moment of saying, oh, see how they love me. That moment of saying, wow, I've made a good impression which doesn't last and leaves me hungry for that next good impression I need to make. And I fall myself spiraling down that rabbit hole of how do I keep winning someone's affection, someone's esteem, someone's admiration. So the Lord says, understand that there is a fundamental hiddenness that marks real spiritual life. And it's the hiddenness that isn't based on a desire to conceal, but rather a desire not to go out of my way to draw attention to myself. In other words, to hide myself in what I'm doing. To be about fasting for the sake of fasting. And if fasting is the value, it doesn't mean that anybody else needs to see it. It doesn't mean that anyone else needs to know it. I don't need to make a show of it. To hide myself in my generosity, not meaning that I have to put a mask on and come in the cover of darkness, but rather what the Lord says, I also don't go out of my way to make myself stand out. I don't set myself up as more generous than someone else. I don't set myself up as more committed than someone else. I do it because it's good to do. 
and that's enough. And all of a sudden, when we begin doing good because it's right and not because it'll get me ahead in some way, that's when the goodness has real permanent effect. And what happens is people notice the good without necessarily seeing me. And that allows them to appreciate what God does through me for them. Jesus is saying this to his disciples because he's pleased to hide his goodness within them. And so he says, if you're about showing your little goodness that you will be celebrated, guess whose goodness you're withholding from everybody? That would be mine. Because curiously, Jesus loves to hide. He takes on our weakness and hides his glory in our fragility. He walks among us and hides his might in our weakness. And then he sends his church into the world to be his body, and he hides his victory in the fragile men and women who go out into the world. And note that Jesus could draw attention to himself in all kinds of dramatic ways, and he refuses to do so. And it's this fundamental hiddenness of his generosity, hidden in his humanity, hidden in his weakness, hidden in his poverty, hidden in the way he makes himself small, we suddenly find that in this one who conceals all of those things, we actually meet them in a way we never could if he overwhelmed us with his glory. Note how marvelous that is. And the Lord is trying to insist to his church a fundamental and simple honesty is the best place to start. You do good because it's right, not because you get noticed. We all want to be appreciated. We all want to be acknowledged. We all like a thank you from time to time, and that is not bad. The danger is when that becomes the first thing, the only thing, the dominant thing. And when he speaks this way, the Lord is also setting us free from our slavery to our need to appear good in the eyes of each other. And when we fall into that, that's a dangerous trap because then it preoccupies us. Then it exhausts us. And then we are always worried about those things and we live with a certain unrelenting insecurity which in the end saps the joy and the goodness out of living. And so know what the Lord is also saying. Don't let that matter so much. And be free to do what you know is good. And you'll also be happier because your life won't be empty and shallow. And it doesn't matter if, every, if anybody notices how deep you've become. What matters is the only eye that counts will see it. And that's the other thing. You know, it really is funny. We are so preoccupied with each other's eyes, with what you see or what I see, and we're so willing to forget the eye of God, which is always open, always watching, 
and never misses a thing. So the Lord says, if you're going to worry about how someone's looking at you, worry about the right guy. Because it's not your neighbor, and it's not your friend, it's not your husband or your wife. Those are not unimportant people. But if you're really worrying about measuring up in the sight of somebody, pick the right somebody. And concentrate on giving him the best view possible. And again, notice how wonderfully liberating that really is. And it's good that we can reflect on this. Because that one who is the great and truly cheerful giver of whom St. Paul writes in our first reading is going to be here on this altar. And he is pleased to give himself fully and completely to you and to me. But notice, he's not going to blow a trumpet. And he's not going to wave a flag and say, see how great I am. He's going to conceal that unspeakably great generosity in the form of a piece of bread and a vessel of wine. But he's there. Hidden, but there. Notice how the Lord doesn't ask us to do anything he doesn't do himself. And we stretch out our hands forward to him who then will be pleased to hide himself in you. So that you and I, as we go forth from this place, bear his hidden goodness into the world. What a remarkable thing that is. There's no need to draw attention to ourselves when we recognize that. There's only the simple need to respond to that wonderfully generous, always present, hidden goodness of the Lord who sustains us in all things. Amen.